Hey, what is up, guys? It's Sabnap here with another episode of Banter with Carl, of course. And today we have a very special guest. Carl, if you want to introduce them, you may go ahead. Yes, I do. I'm going to look up. Josh Peck is an American actor, oh, comedian, and YouTuber. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just reading off the Wikipedia. <laughs> Welcome, Josh Peck. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, what an honor! And I'm so glad that you you stopped it there at just yeah, those a, things. It's a long, it's a long chunk. There's a lot going on. <laughs> it's You've too done a long. Lot. I don't know if you knew that. It's too long, Carl. <laughs> I'll say it. It's too damn long. Josh, this has been a long time coming. We've we've talked about getting together, doing something for like quite some time it feels like i don't know but yeah it's really good to have you uh this is is this your first time talking to sapnap this might be right no yeah this is you know sapnap and i go back um <laughs> <laughs> but no no that's it, awesome it is and uh you're, you're right carl we've been like orbiting each other like i i feel like from afar we've been like i i've been like i'm a fan and you're like i too am a fan and then we were sort of like, one day gravity will bring us together, and and here we are. Yeah, I missed your podcast by literally one day when I was in LA, um, which is very unfortunate. But that's okay because now we're here together on my podcast, so I get to win. But you were here, <laughs> you do win. But you were here. What were you in LA for? I saw you at a fancy premiere. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I recently went to LA. Um, to go to the premiere for the Chip and Dale movie, which was Solid. crazy. That's my first movie premiere ever. Do you? I mean, John, I was about to ask if you go to movie premieres. You've literally probably had movie premieres for yourself. Um, what What is your first movie premiere? That's what I want to know. Oh, that's a great question. I think. Well, I did a movie when I was twelve called Snow Day, which was a Nickelodeon movie that I really Carl. If you haven't seen it, treat yourself. Cause it's quite the ride. <laughs> I'm looking at the cover art; it's crazy. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now too. Just, just awesome. What the heck? Yeah. So you went to that premiere. What did you think? I remember it was at Paramount Studios. Okay, let, let me walk you through the week because it was pretty yeah, darn great. Yeah, please do. So, mind you, up until this point, right till I got this movie, I was 12 years old, doing stand-up comedy at 12 in New York City, <laughs> and going to like performing arts high school. But I was like this, like gutter rat kid who like would tell jokes gutter on the, rat. <laughs> like tell jokes on the corner like i was nothing yeah 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 so i get this movie i remember i'll never forget I, I would audition at nickelodeon all the time because like it was my dream to be on it and yeah i'd audition for little commercials and tv shows and i auditioned for this movie and i remember it was friday night and my mom gets a call from my agent and my mom goes he got it and I like, <laughs> I look up on my plate of chicken tenders. I'm like, I go, go what, mom? <laughs> that is awesome. And, what the heck? And my agent goes, he got the movie. Like, I hope you guys have passports because you're going to Canada in five days to shoot this movie for four months. And oh, wow. oh, my God. I, my mom was like, we don't have passports like because we don't need passports to go to New Jersey where we like to vacation. <laughs> and so that's awesome yeah we went to canada i do this movie for four months we stayed at a sheridan i couldn't believe it i was like wow i can't believe i have my own room with pay-per-view movies and the whole thing and room service and uh so, so so long story short a year later it's the premiere they fly all of us to california i've never been we spent a week at 
the Four Seasons Hotel in Bre- oh, like Oh yeah. This is literally I love that you you remember all of the hotels to the T. You know exactly. I couldn't tell you what hotel I was at last week, dude. I have no idea. It's just because that's so funny. And especially, you know, like that's like, you know, home alone, like staying at the plaza, right? So like a kid like yeah, me yeah. at that time, like I remember they were like, you have a uh what what was it called? What do they when they take like your credit card when you get incidentals, right? Like mm-hmm. they were like, you have uh, we'll take care of incidentals. I was like, what does that mean? They're like, you can order as much room service as you want, and Nickelodeon will pay for it. <laughs> I was like, you guys want to? And how you were twelve? You said <laughs> I was like, you guys are trying to trying to keep me fat, and I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> that is dangerous, dude. That is dangerous. What the heck? A twelve year old with nonstop room service. So I was just like crushing Belgian waffles and then went to this premiere, at, which was at the Paramount Studios lot, which is like of all the lots in L.A., it's the most sort of picturesque hollywood So long story short, that was my it – was, it was like the perfect Hollywood experience for my first one. That is so cool. That is awesome. What, what is that like being like a kid and having to like – because surely you were like in school and stuff. And then for that four months – just focusing on a movie, I'm sure, like, how do you do school and movie and, like, balance all that when you're, you know, you're, like, 12 years old or whatever? So I was going to performing arts high school in New York where a lot of the kids were either on Broadway or doing TV shows. So it wasn't odd for kids to leave to work. So in that way, I, I was lucky because when I, when I got to do this movie, they were like, so three hours a day you are going to meet with a tutor and they are going to help you with your schoolwork for that week. And so, yeah, so luckily my school was really cool with like sending all the work for that week to this tutor. And then basically when you have one-on-one teaching, you can kind of accomplish what you would do in an eight hour day in three hours. If you actually, yeah, you can really, you can just like ham it out. I guess I have another question after that. Like, how do you, cause like, it sounds like your school experience is very different than mine. You said you went to like the school where that's very uncommon. Like I went to just some, I don't know, random public high school that was just like the closest one to my house, for example. Like, <laughs> sure. How do you, how do you just get into a, like, do you purposefully go into a school like that? Like, how did you decide that you were going to go to a school like that? I remember I, I went to, I, I was going to like a normal elementary school and I graduated from there and I was all set to go to like the middle school in my district. There was a, uh, my mom, like 10 days before the school year started, was like, hey, you know, you love acting and you've been doing like stand-up comedy randomly. We sneak you in the stand-up comedy clubs at 11 o'clock at night and you go up and do like five minutes with your super high voice. Like maybe maybe you would like this school because basically for the first half of the day, you do like typical academics. And then for the second half of the day, you either do you know, drama or vocal or, or, or dance or instruments. And, uh, and I auditioned and I got in and it basically was like, yeah, I mean, I feel like every sort of city has their performing arts high school. And I was just lucky to get into this one. Wait, what, what, what city are you originally from? New York. Oh, really? That's so funny. Yeah. I, I was born in the Bronx. Really? I, I was a little, I lived upstate though, but yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I, I'm from New York, yeah. And where? And then, how did you make it down? Because you live in North Carolina now, or no? Yeah, I've been all over the place. Um, I went to high school in Charleston, South Carolina. Is it beautiful there? I've only heard good things. <laughs> Charleston is gorgeous, dude. Charleston is gorgeous, and like, it really is like. If you don't know what Southern food is, you got to go to Charleston and have like shrimp and grits. I actually, I will say, right before I went to this LA trip, me and Sapnap 
took a car, drove down from North Carolina to Florida where he lives, and I forced us to stop at Charleston because I was like, we need to have shrimp and grits before we uh, make our way all the way down. So I got Sapnap to finally eat like shrimp and grits, which was like my favorite meal of all time when I was in high school. And what did you think, Sapnap? Be honest. It was it was delicious. I like. I you saw me. I had scarfed the whole thing down before yeah, anyone was halfway done. It. it was it was just in the in my stomach instantly. It was awesome. Have you had shrimp and grits? I you know I don't know if I ever have officially had like proper shrimp and grits, but I got to tell you, your guys's idea of a road trip sounds like a joy for me. Like you are really yeah. You guys are going to Charleston. Like you going to you're going to cute areas for good food. <laughs> it's like normally like people like your guys' age be like we're going to the Myrtle Beach. And we're gonna freaking rage. <laughs> Like, and you're Not like, Beach, we're going to no go, shot. we're going to eat shrimp and grits and then go to a really charming antique store. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, that's the best. Like, I feel like I'm such like a food person. Like I would much rather like when people go on a road trip, like you said, like, they, they want to go out and like go to parties and stuff. I just want to go down and eat the best food at each state and each city that we pass by. I will say we literally detoured the trip two and a half hours to be able to go to Charleston. Like, Charleston wasn't directly on the way. We actually stopped there just so we I could show them shrimp and grits. That's how, like, obsessed I was with it. But let me tell you, dude, you would not have liked to be on that road trip. No. And I'll explain why, okay? <laughs> no, oh, yes. I won't explain the reasoning for it. I can tell you later, Josh, but we were in a Tesla Model X for the car trip. And something we really didn't think through was a Tesla has to stop to charge. Sure. And we had a nine-hour trip that turned into an 11-hour trip because we wanted to start uh, stop in Charleston. And then the 11-hour trip, because we had to stop to charge so frequently, turned into a 16-hour trip. Wow. And it was all in one night. We did it all, no, no stopping. Were you finding superchargers? On, you have to do superchargers, right? Because a different charger would take too long. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we found superchargers along the way, but like when you get to Georgia and stuff, they like you know, like Georgia, <laughs> Georgia just found technology. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so there's like one super, there's like two superchargers total in Georgia. You know what I mean? So like you had to like save up all your power, get to the other one. It was crazy. It was it was bonkers. Yeah. Also, Model Xs kind of suck. Like in terms of like whole, because like they're bigger than like a Model Three or a Model S. Like they eat up that charge way faster, and you have to stop more, which is annoying. Sabnap, where, where are you in Florida? I'm in Orlando, but I'm not from Orlando and Florida. I was born in Houston, Texas, and I moved here like last year to live with Dream. Beautiful Orlando, a lot to offer. There was this one steak restaurant that I ate at in Orlando, and I'm like, this is good steak for Orlando. Anyway, oh, yeah. the Rainforest Cafe? Yeah, Probably. Was it? It, was, <laughs> it was a Cracker Dude, Barrel. I love the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, yeah, you just stopped at a Cracker Barrel on an exit or something. I took Carl which I can I can now say it was not a Mexican restaurant because on the on our last podcast I was telling how before we went on the road trip I was explaining to Carl I wanted to take him somewhere but we didn't want to like give hints to where we we're going because it got released while we we're on the road trip but I took Carl to like the number one sushi spot I've ever eaten at ever and I don't know if Carl can speak on it but it was really really good yeah, the, the sushi was crazy. I will say that. The sushi was definitely crazy. In Orlando? Yeah, in Orlando. In Orlando. That's why I was shocked because, you know, Orlando, you know, let's be honest. Like, Orlando sushi was never supposed to be good. <laughs> Nobody was – that was never supposed yeah, to be Yeah, you can't thing. be great at all things. No, no. They, they have Disney. They can't also have sushi. That's messed up. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll stand by. And, Josh, I'm assuming – are you a sushi guy? Yeah, I love it. Love it. From my experience, New York has the best sushi. You know, I have not I, – I believe it. But 
I think Los Angeles could easily be right there, if not better. There's a world, but every single time I go to LA, I tell somebody, please sh- show me your favorite sushi spot. It's never, it's never beaten New York for me. I don't know why. I don't know, but I, I don't. Uh, yeah. What is your, what is your like favorite food that you've like ever had? Like top food. I yeah. I mean, I love, I love great Italian food. It's, it's a little bougie. Yeah. Like it's way too fancy for a guy like me. But recently, my buddy, <laughs> have you heard of this restaurant Carbone in New York? Carbone. I um, I definitely have not eaten that if I have heard it. What I would say is it's for. First famous because it is maybe the greatest Italian food I've ever had. Secondly, really? because it's so good and cool, it happens to be like incredibly sceny. And I feel like if I'm not like, you know, married to Justin Bieber, I shouldn't even be there. But <laughs> my buddy randomly was like, you know, I, I know I, I've got to connect there. So, you know, if you ever want to go, like it's not a hard reservation to get. And I happen to be in the city. I'm like, let's go. I'd love to try it. Like we all know I'm a thick boy at heart. And we had a meal like Carl, you would not believe. It was really bad. (laughs) God, I'd kill right now for some good Italian. I live in North Carolina. There's just about, you know how you said, oh, Orlando can't have everything. I feel like North Carolina just about doesn't have anything (laughs) in terms, (laughs) in terms of food. Um, I I love, I love living here because I get to work with like Mr. Beast and stuff. But um, wait, did Sabnoff just leave? Internet issues are easily the most annoying thing to me ever. A hundred percent. That's the perfect segue. Carl, have you been, and Sapnap, have you guys been offered any celebrity boxing matches yet? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I will say, I definitely have been DM'd uh, with people being like, is this something that you have any interest in? Blah, blah, blah. And it, for me, I'm like, oh man, definite no. I'm like, I wear multiple layers every single day just so <laughs> I can look like I weigh a little bit more than I do. <laughs> Like I yeah definitely definitely not. I've gotten some definitely DMs not. about the same thing, but I think I'd be interested. I'd fight someone. Sapnap's a little bit more. But I would I would I, if I fought someone I would like, I don't know. I feel like I would be out for blood. Like I would try and like murder them in the ring. Like, there's no there's no just being friends about it. How about you, Josh? Have you? I would say no. I've never been like no. I've never been offered, and I would love to fight. Logan or Jake Paul um, <laughs> and no beef like I like the guys like I, I would pure, it would purely solely be for money like lots and lots of money but <laughs> <laughs> yeah no trust and the only lots lots first of all oh my god I'm, I'm obviously not famous enough to fight them if like literally Logan's about to fight Mike Tyson but secondly what I would say is the two things that are holding me back is I'm too sensitive for all the trash talk and I don't want to take off, take my shirt off on camera. Yeah, but that, other than that's that, the biggest one for me. That's the biggest one for me. I don't want to take my shirt off on camera. That's so terrifying. I'll say this, dude. They, I've mo- I've met both of them. Uh, I guess recently, Jake a little bit more recently than Logan, and uh, just through like Mr. Beast videos and stuff like that. And they are both sweet in person, but so ripped dude i would not i don't know how much it would cost a lot of money for me for me to just because it's me just getting beat up by them in a ring like that's what it would be they are jacked it is crazy oh that's at ohio strength like there should be like a bumper sticker on the back of both of their like like a tramp stamp like on their lower backs it says like built ohio tough <laughs> is, is ohio it's true t- it's true wait, our friend our friend wait. foolish is from ohio and he's like ripped too like it's it must be an ohio thing they feed them just like like steroids over there that's what they eat for breakfast lunch and dinner whole it, milk I think whole it's milk because, yeah <laughs> i think it's because ohio is so bad of a state 
that they can't help but do anything except for Yeah, that's work. all they have to do. Oh, uh, has <laughs> got some have. some winning things about it. Come on. You've been, don't to, say that. You've been to Cedar Point? Have you do you know what that I, is? I knew he was going to say Cedar Point. <laughs> that's the thing. That is the thing. Anytime anybody's like, "No, Ohio's not bad." They bring up Cedar Point. Actually, I have not been to Cedar Point. It's a, it's a good time. There was a point in time where I genuinely would think less of somebody if they said they were from Ohio. <laughs> Fascinating. Any other uh, states you have a vendetta against? Honestly, I'm going to say this, and it's going to upset staff now. Texas. No. For a little bit there. For a little bit there. Because I've met a few Texans in a row that were really that stereotypical, everything's bigger here, like, we're better. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I get it, bro. Like, I, it, It's funny because, like, I feel like I'm from New York, and everybody from New York – You'll you'll know they're from New York because they'll tell you in the first fifteen minutes of talking to you, but <laughs> but Texas is the same way. But it pisses me off when Texas does it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's, but I all like there's something annoying about every state, and I also find there's something annoying like no matter what, even if you're born in yeah. L.A. or New York or like some major city, you should always leave for a bit. Like I'll go back to New York and I'll be with friends who like never left the city. And they'll literally yeah. be like, like, what's good, family? Like, I'm not trying to come out of pocket right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, you're too <laughs> New York. Like, you needed, like, you should have gone to, to you know, Arizona State. Like, you needed to get out of here for a little, at yeah. least. I feel like I got lucky to where I got to, um, because I grew up in New York and then went to high school in Charleston and then went to college. Like, I feel like I've gone all over the place in a lot of my different like different turning points in my life to where I got lucky for that kind of thing. But yeah, I agree. I think I think anybody that lives in the same spot for too long, it ends up rotting their brain. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. You guys have it beat too. Like you guys are so smart. And I say that specifically about you, Carl, and you, Sapnap, because like, you know, listen, we can't all be as rich as Sapnap. Yeah, it's true. Guys, yeah, not everyone can. can have this kind of money. It's crazy. <laughs> it's overwhelming. But you guys are successful in crushing it in not a major city and yet able to have the impact that you would still have in L.A. or New York. So, like, to be, like, well off in an area where real estate prices aren't historically through the roof, like, I imagine, like, if I had family in, I don't know, Scottsdale or, like, where's another fun place to live? St. Louis? (laughs) Like, I would be, (laughs) like, and I could just make that my home base? That would be incredible. Yeah, no kidding. My problem with it, though, is I, I really genuinely miss living in a city, though. Like, I, I really love living in a city. I I love uh, the time I've spent in Seattle. I really love Seattle. That's, like, one of the cities I've never lived in that I really want to. You, you know what I mean? So, like, that's the problem that I have is I, I feel like at my core, I just enjoy, the like, living in a city much more than living in, like, the suburbs. <laughs> You know what's weird about that is I, I lived in Houston my whole life, and that's the fourth largest city in, in the U.S., but it, it didn't really feel like a city. And, like, when I went to London to visit George, that felt like a city to me. Like, I don't know, like, we walked places everywhere and, and stuff like that. And I, I feel like I want to live in a city. I've, I've never lived in a quote-unquote, like, city. I, I feel like I want to experience that next. We should do, like, a real world, like, but it just the three of us – in a major city and I'm like ushering you guys around like the old <laughs> that sounds like a plan to me. that sounds like a plan so Josh I want to know what you've been up to as of late you've been all over the place you've been Turner and Hooch Hooch did I say right don't mess me up Turner and Is Hooch yes 
Well done. Okay, thank God. Holy cow. Yes. I've, I've read it so many times that I've never said it out loud. So I was like, oh God. Yeah, you were on Turner and Hooch. How was that? It was good times. It was on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it was so fun. It's very canceled, but it was a great show for one season. It's, <laughs> it's very canceled. Oh, God. But, um, oh, oh, canceled in a not continuing on way. Yeah, we just only did one season, but um, it was fabulous, and I got to play like, you know, the original Turner and Hooch um, was a movie from the 80s with yeah. Tom yeah. Hanks, and so I got to play streamings 2021's tom hanks so i'm you know so you're officially what you're going to go on a limb and say is that you're better than tom hanks yeah i can see that you know what guys it's not a limb okay (laughs) (laughs) all right perfect we have a title (laughs) just what we needed this is why you guys are as good as you are (laughs) (laughs) we got him all right we can end (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was funny because i met Tom Hanks randomly at this birthday party like years back and he was as wonderful and charming as as you know you can imagine and now that I've I'm sure he was aware of the show in some respect even though I'm pretty sure he didn't really want anything to do with it and who could blame him um but I wonder (laughs) like if I like I I wonder and this is total wishful thinking but if somehow I was lucky enough to be in a movie with him one day I wonder if he'd be like hey saw that thing you did trying to be me huh like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would definitely. So you, you can see so you bumping into a into a party is not enough. You need more Tom Hanks. <laughs> I need plenty of Tom Hanks in my life, but I'm sure there would be some gentle ribbing. Who doesn't need more Tom Hanks? I feel like this this brings up a good question to me: is you have been in the limelight, obviously, since your massive hit Snow Day, <laughs> just like, the, <laughs> um, and and I feel like since then you kind of have just been in the limelight for quite some time what what is like a a celebrity that you haven't met that you really want to meet oh god i mean i guess for you know uh, as a present for the listeners i will say oprah um just be- yeah <laughs> because <laughs> sure there are a couple drake and josh wait fans. you've never met oprah <laughs> no i mean not really I, I i only i've only met her body double that i hit with a car on drake and josh but uh, <laughs> <laughs> That is crazy that that's such a thing from Drake and Josh, and you never ended up, you've never ended up meeting Oprah. I wonder if Oprah has like a niece or like a friend's child who've been like, "Are you okay?" And she says, "Why?" <laughs> and they go, "Well, you know, Josh Nichols hit you with his car. Like, I just want to make sure you like, <laughs> like, I wonder if she has any awareness of how much we were obsessed with her on the show." <laughs> that is so funny. I don't. She has to have right. Like, she had to have heard of that. I mean, granted, she's pretty darn, you know, I imagine she's busy. But (laughs) the show was certainly big enough to where, like, maybe over the last 15 years, she's heard a whisper of the fact that some silly kid show was constantly talking about her. That is so... No, it has to have been. It has to have happened. So Oprah, Oprah's your pick? Oprah would be amazing. I'm trying to think of, like, someone... And this is... uh, Do you want to give me any, like... um, guidelines carl or this is just like anyone famous no matter what it doesn't even need to be like that famous like if you like i'm when like if you're thinking like a-list celebrity for some for like for instance somebody that i'm dying to meet is pendleton ward who's the creator of adventure time and i wouldn't even consider i I don't know if he's like an a-list celebrity per se but like he's like somebody that's like in my opinion like up there that is hard to reach that i would like to meet one day you know what i mean my hero is pharrell and so I think it would be cool to sit around and just ask him questions for an hour. Like if, yeah. if you were like, you can go to lunch with anyone and just 
pick their brain and be Pharrell. Really? Okay. I just think like for for the longest time, granted, once like Happy came out, like the last 10 years has been an explosion for Pharrell. But until then, I always sort of when asked, like, who would you want to be like? I'm like, well, Pharrell is like the dopest dude that not the entire world had heard about, right? Like, but everyone important knew of him. He, you know, there's no party he couldn't get into. He was rich. He was successful, but, and respected, but he could still kind of walk down the street. Now, of course, it's not the case, like the whole world. <laughs> but like, um, but yeah, I just think like, I like the clothes he makes. I like the music he makes. I just like, I like that he's not always in your face. Like he picks moments where he really wants to be public. And then he kind of like goes and chills with his family. So yeah, yeah. I've always looked up to him. That's really cool. I, I feel like I, in the same way that you look at him, I look at Tyler, the creator. Oh, I thought you were going to say I, me, I think... but it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Oh, and Josh. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> I mean, you think, no, I mean, you think Tyler, the creator, you think, you know, good old JP, no? Exactly. It's like, yeah, you can't think of one without the other. <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, I don't know if I'd ever want to meet Tyler, creator, just because I'd, I'd be too nervous, I think. Yeah, really? I think I would botch it. I really think I would. But I, in the same way that you're talking about Pharrell, I look at Tyler because I think, I think he's one of the best musical artists of all time, barring nothing. I think he genuinely is one of the best. I think he still hasn't peaked, basically. I think his last three albums have all been straight tens to me. Uh, and then on top of that, if you think about it, he's made two uh, extremely successful clothing lines, one being um, Odd Future and then now Golf. He's really what I look to as like a he doesn't just do one thing really well. He does so many different things really well. And it's something that I aspire to want to do. I think you make a great point. I think, uh, yeah, he's so impressive. And I only got hip. I remember I watched Tyler, Tyler, the creator's NPR tiny desk because until that moment, I remember I had like a very boomer opinion of him, which was like, yeah, I know it's <laughs> cool and all, but like, where are the hits? Like, where are the hits? And friends would always be yeah, like, yeah. you're missing it. Like, yeah, yeah, it's the whole album's an experience. Like it's bigger than just one song, and mm -hmm. and then I saw him on Tiny Desk. And I was like, ah, I get it. And yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, he's he's like such a visionary to me. I think so. What um, Sapnap you? I w I was trying to think of a like a celebrity, but I feel like I was always more of like a a sports person. So I feel like I was gonna say an athlete's a celebrity. Yeah, okay. Because I was thinking like musician or like uh, actor or something. But I guess like I would have to choose an athlete. And I feel like I would choose probably Hakeem Olajuwon because I just think he is so 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 cool. He's like the best rockets player. I don't player. even know what sport that that's is. That's basketball. Oh, oh, that's the best basketball? rockets player of all time. I don't know. He's just so cool. So awesome. I don't know. Got us our only championships we have. So, and I'm a huge Rockets fan. So that would be my pick. I wish I could talk more, but he was just really good at basketball. Would you want to, would you want to 1v1 him? Oh God, he would destroy me, but I would do it. It would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I don't know. Funny. He's That'd pretty awesome. old now. He's probably like in his 60s, no, bro. No. I, I mean, Stop. he is, he is seven matter. foot tall, which gives him a slight advantage. I feel like the best Houston Rockets player in his 60s is still better than you at basketball. 
I think that's that's a safe <laughs> assessment. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like he could be eighty probably and still have a fighting chance. I, I would like to see like a game of horse between you and Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, that's that's where he would for <laughs> sure kill me. I was th- I was thinking maybe I have a shot because I just go, he's fifty nine, so like maybe you know he can't run for very long. He's probably you just get a dirty foul on him early yeah, on, break his hip or something. Just like give him a little jab in the hip. He can't run anymore, and then I win. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful that you'd want to take out your celebrity that you want to meet. A Texas <laughs> you icon. Take them out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, an absolute Texas icon. But hey, you know what? None of these guys have done, or maybe they have, and I just didn't know, is release a book just like the more famous than any of those people Josh Peck has recently. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, talk to us about your book. It's, it's called Happy People Are Annoying by Josh Peck, by the way. A five out of five in Target reviews. Not bad. Not bad. I th- I'm pretty sure my mom was the, the sole reviewer on the Target website, but nevertheless. On Target's website. <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote a book. It's called Happy People Are Annoying, um, and it's basically my whole life. It's the, the most millennial thing I could ever do, which is to think I could write a memoir at 35. But I, but more so it was like, I knew I wanted to write something that was like for people like, like us, right? Like my age and younger people that are going through life, navigating, you know, sort of the, that first chapter, that first quarter of your life in theory. And I feel like mm-hmm. most memoirs or self-help books are written by people who feel like they're at the, the finish line. And I wanted to write one from like the perspective of someone who's still in the fight. And someone who's accomplished some things and learned a lot of things and also totally face planted and like give you my perspective, a little bit of my sort of um, theory on, on, on how the best way is to go about things. And, you know, it's a good recon from the front lines. Like I'm just a couple years older. So here's what I've, I've experienced from the halfway point. And if I can be of any help to you, you know, great. If not, there's just some good stories in it. That's really cool. I, I, I feel like a lot of people don't like think about it like that. But I, I think it is really, really interesting because I I will say, at least from my experience, I've I don't have any guidance for <laughs> <laughs> I feel like no I feel like a lot of the things that we do and a lot of things that you did or have done and still do in general is like very front lines, nobody's done a lot of it you know what i mean i or at least like if anybody's done it before it hasn't been long enough to where somebody has like a guidebook for it a little you know what i mean like no nobody's really telling me what to do nobody was telling me oh like everybody's locked in in their house capitalized you better stream as much <laughs> as possible you know what i mean <laughs> it's just something that we kind of you, you just like have to like kind of like learn all that kind of stuff on your own and I, I think that yeah you writing a book like that is really really cool to me i think that's awesome i appreciate it and i think that yeah, guys like you who are who you know who are credit incredibly successful to both of you. I would imagine you go through something similar, which is we all want to look up to the people who have a lot of success in these areas and feel like, oh, if only I had that, then I'd be all better, or then sort of like the challenges of life wouldn't plague me. Like I would level up out of it. But the reality is, is mm-hmm. even with all those blessings and wonderful accomplishments, like you're still navigating all that stuff and. And I was like, well, if someone who's going through something was watching me when I was 21 and I know personally what I was going through and they were like, really? You were insecure? I just thought you were locked in a treehouse with no doors. 
I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I actually was dealing with some, some tough, you know, inner battles. Um, yeah. I feel like that, that hopefully can give people a little bit of, of permission to, to feel okay about what they're going through. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's something that also is like, I don't, I don't think a, a lot of people that are in, at least I, I can only speak from my experiences, obviously. Right. So like for me, when I talk about it, I'm talking about like in the industries I'm in, like whether that be just content creation as a whole or that. Right. But I feel like it's very lacking how many people actually talk about like conflicts that they go through inside of the content creation world you know what i mean and i i think a lot of people don't really talk about that i think whenever stuff happens if somebody like you know is going through a rough spot then people dm them on the side and tell them hey it'll be okay but I, there's not really much going out like publicly like talking about that kind of stuff and i think it's interesting because yeah, we so I, I, we only want to show our curated life on social media like we always show us at the table with like the big bottle of champagne Saturday night, we never show us wrapped around the toilet bowl Sunday morning looking demoralized. (laughs) Just to be clear, Sapnap has the biggest bottle of champagne in that picture. That is true. Because he's so rich. All right, I have a question. How (laughs) how many pages is the book? Uh, I I think it's roughly... No, no, hold on. This is going to segue into something else. Okay, all right. I think it's about 250. How do you write 250 pages? Because whenever I yeah, was, that's actually, whenever I was, I was going to make fun of him. This is a good I, question. I, I couldn't write one page without being like, "Oh my god, this is terrible. I hate this." How do you put down 250 pages worth of words and make it make sense? Oh my gosh, it's so boring. The answer, which is like what we know, it's like brick by brick. Like you do a little bit a day, and then you really outline it because, like, we all want to believe that writing and everything else, like. We watch like the great athletes, right? We we watch a young Hakeem Olajuwon, you know. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, just get bodied by Sapnap. We watch yeah, that get dunked on and <laughs> scoring forty five points as young Sapnaps eating Dunkaroos in his living room, you know, <laughs> dreaming of what could yeah. be. And what, but and that's incredible to watch. What's boring to watch is probably the five hundred free throws he did the day before and the day before that. And the tens of thousands of hours of nuance and hard work that went into it. And similarly, like, we see writing in movies, right? It's like some, you know, uh, troubled, you know, writer uh, drinks a bunch of cheap wine and, and you know, uh, goes to a cabin and sits in front of his typewriter. And then finally he gets inspired and he types out the whole book and, he, and the sun's coming up and he's, like, draped over his typewriter and he's just finished 300 pages. Like... It is not cute like that. It's like literally <laughs> writing an outline for three months and really like making that bulletproof and then spending the next nine months like writing stuff and sending it to people and then telling you why it's good or why it sucks. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's brick by brick. It's a little bit every day. How many, what, what, what was your reaction if somebody ever like, did you have somebody just be like, no, that sucks. You need to restart. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I had a book advisor who, who straight up was like, yeah, there were, there were moments where he'd be like, there was one chapter. He said, start the whole thing over. And I was like, it's 25 pages. He was like, <laughs> start again. That is awesome. This ain't it. Um, and then thankfully, knock wood, the book has been pretty well received universally, but there were certainly, I mean, someone spent an entire podcast ripping the book apart, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to need this person's address. I didn't tell you yet. This is the other podcast. Yeah, this is the this one? Is the sequel, yeah. We're going to continue <laughs> doing that. 
Listen, all I'm saying, Target gave it a 5. Audible.com gave it a 4.9 out of 5. Mm. So somebody at Audible... It's my lisp. It's because I, I had to read the book. And it's and they're, they're, they have prejudice against boys with lisps. Wait, did you read the book for Audible? I did. Oh, my God. So you ha- like if I wanted to listen to you read your book? Yeah. I think that's going to have to be the move. I'm bad at actually reading books. I like listening to like audiobooks. Really? Are you a big you big Audible guy? Yeah, I I I, just, I think I if I were to read a book, I would just listen to it instead. Because I'm such like a I I know I'm saying this on a podcast, but I've been listen I've been listening to like about seven podcasts a week since middle school. Like I have always listened to podcasts. Like it's always what I've been about. So like it feels just more at home. Also, I just hate reading, which is ironic because I really like writing. Like I I. I I like writing, but what I can't comprehend for you writing a book is making it neat and organized. Because I feel like I um, my favorite writing style is something that I learned when I was watching a documentary about Tim Schafer. I don't know if you know who Tim Schafer is. Mm-hmm. He he's like a he's like a game. He writes games. He wrote uh, Psychonauts. He did Brutal Legend and like stuff like that. And he's like, in my opinion, his games are the funniest games that's ever been made. So I was always curious, like, how he did it. And he has a style where he just writes and he doesn't stop writing. Like, he, like, has notebooks upon notebooks of just gibberish. Like, and sometimes, like, if he can't think of anything to write, he'll write, I can't think of anything, I can't think of anything, what's going on, I literally can't think of anything. You know what I mean? Sure. Until, like, it'll, like, keep sparking his brain. And, like, during the documentary, he was, like, showing there was about 15 notebooks side by side. And he's, like little bits and pieces in there is what made psychonauts and i was like that is so inspiring <laughs> that is really me. cool and i gave i gave it a shot and I, I that's that's where i write that is how i write i can only do free flow writing i don't know how to do it any other way yeah there's a um there's a famous book for artists called the artist's way and i say that only because i haven't actually read it but what i've heard <laughs> and it, it's basically about honoring that creative part of you right because there's so much of that negative self-talk and self-critique and i'll never finish it or what i'm doing is not good enough and it talks about these things that are called morning pages which is like literally whatever that in quotes writer's block is or whatever that like self-critical like get that out in two or three pages every morning of just like maybe maybe inspiration hits you the moment you get up or maybe you're just like today's gonna be a crap day and here's another crap pages and what's new (laughs) negative nancy over here starting the day off on a you know on a real win um but it's helpful to get all that out and it kind of makes room for the good stuff yeah that's awesome yeah baby that's really that's really we're seeing inspired over here i want to i read your guys's book (laughs) Maybe. That's it. I'm gonna start a book. Can I be the? Can I read your guys' audio book? I'm great at it. If I write a book, <laughs> I wouldn't want anybody else to do the audio. <laughs> it has to be Josh Peck. I have dibs. <laughs> I'm gonna do it with a voice. So I'm gonna be like, and a life, <laughs> Carl's life, read by Josh Peck. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> what on earth? It started Holy in the God. Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> this is my question. I ask every single person that comes on the podcast. A, do you believe in ghosts or not, and why? And then B, do you have a ghost story? Because I always find ghost stories so, so fascinating. I could listen to an hour long of someone telling a ghost story. I, I, I hate to disappoint you, but I don't mm. have a good ghost story because as a child, when I was afraid of ghosts, when it would be appropriate to be afraid of things that don't <laughs> exist, 
there was a, um, a surrogate grandmother of mine, a woman named Edna, who took care of me my whole life. My mom's best friend and was like one of the great people in my life. And I remember being afraid of, 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 of some sort of paranormal activity in my room at eight years old. And mm -hmm. I voiced it to Edna. And Edna turned to me and said, baby, you better be worried of people that are on earth. <laughs> and I was like, good point, Edna. And from then on, I was like, I'm more scared of people who are living. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, That's fair. It is yeah. fair. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in ghosts either, but I just, I, I don't know. I just love like ghost story. I just like creepy stories. I don't know why. Like I remember one of the times I went to Carl's, we sat in, in his upstairs and watched like creepy pasta YouTube things for like hours on end. And I just think yeah, they're we so literally cool. just sat there on the couch just watching them. <laughs> Some of them were so like I like cre I like like creepy pastas. Uh, do you know what we're talking about when we say creepy pastas? No. It's just straight up just like horror stories that are narrated by like some like so a narrator. Like with on a YouTube. deep voice, it's like and yeah, then he and it's like he's just telling a horror story and then kind of having just like some animation on the screen, some two D animation yeah. just portraying the story. That's fun. And I'll tell you, it is fun no matter what. And let me explain why. Okay. Yes. Because either you're gonna get a good horror story that you're like, yeah, that was actually fun, that was fascinating, or it's trash and it's really funny. So it's it's one of the two that you're gonna get every single time. And let me tell you this, Josh, because you secondhandedly made me extremely scared as a kid talking about horror stories you were in a movie named max keeble's big move i don't know if you know where i'm going with this i don't but i'm ready max keeble's big move it came out when did that come out 2001 okay i was a kid like young young kid there was a scene in it that had this massive frog that just walked around that is the most terrifying thing that's ever existed and I had to watch it because I, I was a fan of you, of course, and I, I liked I watched a lot of stuff that you were in. I was only I had only frog, been in Snow Day at that point. I, it, well, I, I definitely did not watch it in two thousand one. <laughs> I, I, I was I was two I was three years old in two thousand one. Wow, I'm talking crazy. about like <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't want to add my age to it, but <laughs> yeah, I I was three in two thousand one. So it, it most of the movies and stuff that I watched as a kid was like, oh, we had it in VHS form. My sister's a few years older than me, so I just kind of like ended up watching it, right? So, um, yeah, Max Keeble's Big Move. If anybody has never watched that movie, just look up Max Keeble's Big Move Frog, and that thing was an absolute nightmare to me. Like a genuine nightmare to me as a kid. And I was always so scared of that part. I don't know why. I feel so bad. Do you know what I'm talking no, about? No, no, no. I remember that, and I remember there being a scary, scary-ass frog, but... This, this leads me to my next question because it correlates with my answer about ghosts is, do you guys believe in an afterlife? Oh, snap. Well, you go first. What do you think? Well, it has to do with the ghost thing, which is that like, I don't think there can be ghosts because I don't think there's any version of an afterlife. Like, I think, I believe in the law of energy that it can neither be created or destroyed. So like, we're just walking balls of energy who, when we expire, we just become energy four worms and then they basically <laughs> you know help help create new things worst case scenario we're helping out a ton of worms yeah. <laughs> i don't mind that that's pretty no, good best <laughs> case <laughs> i feel like personally for me i just think i 
get so freaked out thinking about that kind of stuff that I just don't think about it. And then I just move on. <laughs> that's like, that's like <laughs> me with taxes. That's why I don't pay taxes. Yeah, go, no, exactly. Too scary, exactly. no thanks. <laughs> Sapnap, you? I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with Carl that like, I don't want to think about it. It's very scary. And <laughs> that stuff I just, freaks me out. I don't you know. Just, you just pretend that it doesn't matter, even though it, 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 I guess it doesn't. Like, what's going to happen is going to happen, and you can't do anything yeah, about it. Yeah, I guess it. at the end of the day, my thought process is, yeah, no matter what, like, like if there's an afterlife or not, me believing that there is isn't going to change that, right? Or me, like, thinking about it anymore isn't going to make there be more or less of an afterlife, you know what I mean? Like, if it was, if it was going to happen, it's going to happen, right? So I, I just don't think about it too much, if I'm being completely honest. That's cool, guys. When you get when you get to my age, it's 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 fascinating, dude. When people are like in their fifties or sixties and they're like, "Yeah, we're just like in in the market for some good plots." I'm like, "Plots of what?" They're like, "You know, like just want to make sure we can all be buried together." I'm like, "Oh my god!" And like, people will get like really hyped. They'll be like, "We got really good placement at the at the cemetery." And Dang, that makes me think I want to get like a good spot. Yeah, exactly. Like we're overlooking the freeway. It's super peaceful. Yeah. We should buy it now, like while there's still space. You know what I mean? There's just gonna become less and less space for you, for your grave. As I time want goes one of on. those where it's like a whole like they build a like, mausoleum. A whole, like, structure yeah, around. I want that yeah. too. No, you don't, Maybe? Carl. <laughs> Why? That's my rub with these things. It's like like those things technically i mean you can have like a super dope uh, tombstone that's like i don't know has like a small i don't know what you're into like a roller coaster around it or something but like <laughs> the mausoleums are people are put are are buried in those buildings like in a cement block above the ground so it's like Whoa. your body kind of goes to waste like my whole thing is like no 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 back to the earth as soon as possible yeah interesting at least that's my opinion. What do I maybe know? maybe you I should, you maybe should do I the tree like... thing. You should do the tree thing where they bury you and then a tree grows from your dead body. And then that's like ideal. You can become a tree. That's like the idea behind it, I think. I get a tombstone that has one of those basketball hoops that you put on the back of the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That'd be pretty cool. That's that's not You're bad. Really can come... Whenever somebody wants to, whenever somebody wants to put flowers on the tombstone, they have to like shoot it. Yeah, or they have to do like a dunk. <laughs> oh that'd be big maybe a scoreboard and it just constantly ticks up no matter what it never resets that'd be crazy <laughs> so you know how many people have shot a flower through the hoop <laughs> that would be bonkers yeah never mind that's what i want and you know what reminds me of that is is not what i'm about to bring up that's a good segue that was not bad <laughs> that's um because now it's my turn for the carl question okay and I probably should have I should have made you start thinking about this beforehand, so I'm kind of putting you on the spot. But I'm an absolute animation nerd. I love cartoons. Cartoons are some of my favorite pieces of media ever. What is your favorite cartoon of all time? And when I say that, that could be a show, movie, and that doesn't need to be Western animation. It could be anim anime, if you prefer anime, whatever you think. It, it, it's just animation, period. Well, I have like, oh man, I have a bit of like a multi-tiered answer to that. Like, go for it. You're good. Like, it's not for pure enjoyment because I don't watch it. Like, I watch it, but like not regularly, and it's not something I've even close to seen every episode of. Like, South Park is genius. It's been genius. Yeah. Okay. For twenty five years or however long it's been on, it will continue to be genius, and they're they're ahead, right? Like. 
they can literally put out, you know, if if the world shuts down on March 15th, assuming they're allowed to work, you know, a full South Park episode about the pandemic will come out one month later. Like how quickly can mm-hmm. media um, comment on social events? Um, yeah, it, it is pretty crazy how quick they are with that kind of stuff. I agree. Yeah. Have you watched that doc, the six days doc? On so- no, what is that? It's something to the effect of like how they can make an episode in six days, like a fully completed episode. Is- you have to watch it. It's brilliant. That's actually a good answer. So wait, why is it multi-tier? Do you have well, a, do you have well, other? Like, there were there were certainly like fundamental things in my youth of like like Beauty and the Beast or you know or Toy Story. Like I mean, I was like prime. Like Toy, Toy Story was what ninety four, ninety five. I was, you know, I was 10 or no, I was like nine. So that was like, what? Like they're making animated movies on computers. Um, <laughs> so like certain things like that had an effect, but even like um, the, the most recent Spider-Man I thought was brilliant. Oh, into the Spider-Verse. Unreal. That was amazing. That really was. An amazing it is beautiful. Movie. So you'd put Toy Story as your favorite Pixar movie. I'm going to venture to say, yeah, but I don't, you know, with a caveat of I haven't watched a lot of them over the last 20 years. That's fair. That's fair. My answer, and it's so cemented, my favorite Pixar movie is definitely Ratatouille. Ratatouille is the best. Ratatouille's genius. Pixar movie I've seen time. that. and I love Ratatouille so much. Do you know Anthony Bourdain? No. Anthony Bourdain was unfortunately passed away, but he was a brilliant, um, you know, he was a chef first and foremost, but a brilliant writer and then had a show on CNN and the Travel Channel, but... He wrote a book called Kitchen Confidential, which was kind of like a look behind the curtain of what it's like in a kitchen and, you know, you know, just restaurant culture and how it can be really wild and drinks and drugs and sex and all this stuff. And he always said that Ratatouille was the most accurate depiction of what a real kitchen's like. Really? Yeah. That is that is so interesting to me. What the heck? That's really cool. I think Pixar, what Pixar does really, really well is they um, really do their research for everything. I think a lot of their movies, they really go in on it and they really like full, full, like full send, get into it. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's interesting. I had heard that their process for a really long time, the reason why each movie would take like, this was maybe before the Disney acquisition, but like a movie would take two plus years and cost a hundred million, you know, plus was that they'd spend a year developing and sometimes they would make a movie or at least make half, like they would walk a full movie down the road three quarters of the way just to see where it didn't work and then scrap it and start again. But that the process was worthwhile because in, in failing, they realized they got so much closer to what would win. Yeah. That's so, that's, that's actually amazing. Yeah. I love that. Can I put this on the pod? I would love to have you guys on my podcast, Male Models Pod. Whenever you guys are in LA, I would love it. Me and my, my co-host Joe. Please, Sapnap, you too? Please, yeah. I'll be there. Sapnap's never been to LA I have before. never been to LA. Needs... I need to lose my LA virginity card, so. Well, we've never had a, a male model on from Orlando. Yeah, with big muscles and lots of money. That's funny that you say that because since we're nearing the end of the episode, we have to talk about a reviewer of Apple Podcasts. If you want a chance to get shout out, you can review us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, like Allegrader did on Apple Podcasts with five stars. Says, hi guys, love the pod. I love the episodes where it's just Carl and Sapnap, but also love the guests. 
Also, Carl is muscular and Sapnap is wimpy. See you guys later. The, that is a actual, uh, that is a review. That is a review oh, that they wrote. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, um, Ouch. If you guys want a chance, you can always review us five stars and let us know something and maybe we'll read it out loud. Thank you so much, Josh. I really do appreciate it. It's finally happened. We finally came together and did something. <laughs> Dude, what an honor. So happy to be here. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So and um, Josh, where, where can they find you? What, if you have anything else you want to shout out? Um, yeah, just some Male Models podcast and my book, Happy People Are Annoying. Um, and I guess Shua Peck on Instagram. Awesome. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, All right. Thanks, guys. And I'll... Uh, I'll uh, talk. I'll see you guys here. I hope you listen soon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>